Hello and welcome to the All of It podcast. I'm your host, Lily Garai, and today I'm being joined by the one, the only, Tyler David Luginski. Wait, that's how you say your last name, right? Mm-mm. <laughs> Luginski. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So embarrassing. No, you're literally fine. That's the pronunciation that everybody gives. So <laughs> at least I didn't say Luginski. Yeah, I got um Linguini in high school. Oh, like so that was a, as a joke. It was a joke, yeah. Okay. But <laughs> it was like a. It wasn't my guidance counselor. It was like the career counselor or something. She like read my name once, and for some reason, she read it as Linguini, and then oh my gosh, just stuck for her. <laughs> so anytime she saw me. <laughs> She just, that's horrible she just, she just, and i was just like you know what we're just gonna commit to the bit you know she probably needed that to make her smile teachers have it rough out here that's very true and you know what it was a breath of fresh air every time you know so <laughs> um well i still have allergies everybody so i'm convinced that my allergies turned into bronchitis because why am i not better yeah i mean down in Florida, it's year round. So I never know when I'm going to get hit by like an allergy. I guess allergy season, allergy fit. I don't know. <laughs> I never felt like I had allergies when I lived in Florida, but really? I was also probably more hydrated. Mm, gotcha. I'm just constantly dehydrated here, but who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I guess that is a great lead into where you're from. You're from. The great Tampa Bay area. Mm-hmm. Yep, born and raised. <laughs> um, yep, so. what's it like being from Florida? <laughs> it's it's really not as crazy as people say. I feel like, granted, I've never I've never not been from Florida, <laughs> so I really don't have that like perspective of like you know like the Florida man trope or whatever. But, um. But you're also from yeah. Tampa. That's true. So it's not like there's definitely different regions of Florida have very different vibes. And Tampa's pretty much just like a your average like uh small to mid-sized city with, you know, regular city things and I grew up in a suburb right outside of it called Wesley Chapel, so I think know, it's crazy it's, that you would call Tampa a small city. It's like mid-size. I feel like, well, when you compare it to like Miami or like New York, LA, Chicago. Okay, you're right. It is smaller. Yeah. I just think of Charlottesville. I think of Charlottesville as a small city, but I guess it's really just a small town. But We call it the city of Charlottesville, though. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I guess to me, Tampa's a big city, but that just speaks to, <laughs> I hate that because I guess it speaks to how small town I'm, I am from. <laughs> I mean, I've, hey. never, I've never lived in a big city, actually. I mean, okay, I was born in Miami, but it doesn't count. Yeah. But I honestly am fine with it. Living in a big city long term just seems like too much. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, I grew up in a suburb, so I'm like 20, 25 minutes out on like when there's no traffic from Tampa. But I mean, I've really never even, I haven't had like the town kind of vibe just because Wesley Chapel is so, it's so suburban that really it's houses and then like all like chain things so that is one thing that's kind of like ugh, about oh. the area but you know every 
it's it's nice growing up, you know, in a little suburb and you know all your neighbors and true, all of that. True. So yeah, I grew up in the suburbs too, and we but Charlottesville is very like into small businesses and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial life. So it's like mm-hmm. very supportive of that kind of lifestyle. That's really like cool. Lake, I felt like Lakeland was like that or is yes, like that. Yes, for sure. That definitely um, the first thing I thought of when you said that was, oh, that sounds like Lakeland a little bit. So yeah, no, it's a, it's just imagine Lakeland, but I would say Lakeland is bigger in amount of people, but the downtown, our downtown and college area is all together. So it's like very condensed. Gotcha. Um, okay. One thing I love about Lakeland is how they had like Lake Hollingsworth and you could like walk around the lake. We don't really have that. We have mm-hmm. like a downtown mall walking area, but it's not as cool as Lake Hollingsworth. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, Tyler and I met in accounting class at yep. <laughs> Southeastern University. I was a senior. He was a freshman. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Oh, I know. Freshman. And I thought Tyler was so cool. He had all these stickers on his laptop. I was like, he kind of seems like the boy version of me. He likes to see He seems to like all the same things I do. Oh my I gosh, was that like, was crazy. We'd probably and be friends. Yeah, we literally just sat next to each other. We did. And then we talked a couple times. And then I saw you um, perform at Hillcrest. And then that's kind of the rest is history, you know? The rest is history. All I needed <laughs> to find out was Tyler was a singer-songwriter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was like, should I tell her? <laughs> it was so fun to find out. I love it. And now look, look at us now. I know. It's so fun. Listen, I struggled in accounting. I almost didn't pass. I really didn't. I, you and me both. I Those That's study sessions were... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you I had didn't... an A. I definitely had, like... No. I had a 50. No, no, no. I had a 59, and the only reason she brought it to 60 was so that I could graduate. Oh my gosh, Lily. <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, I had like I had like a low B <laughs> for most of that class, like genuinely. So <laughs> a low A, you said? A low B. Oh, please. If only <laughs> I literally went, I don't know. I guess I never told anybody during college, but I literally went after every single exam. I went to her office and I redid the test in front of her so she could see that I actually knew how to do it, but I just had test anxiety. No, she, that class was really, those tests were crazy. And they, that's, that was our entire grade, which I know that's yeah. probably very common for a lot of college students. But I mean, at SEU for all the great, like your entire, you know, semester grade to just be four tests. Was, it was hard. It was hard. I can't believe it was like a, an intro, like accounting class. I don't even want to know. No, actually there was a lesser one. With. There was a lot. Well, there, there was, and nobody told me until after. And I was like, "There's a bet. There's an easier version of this." And apparently, there was. And so I just didn't know. We both missed out there. The more you know. <laughs> I know. I know. But had you taken that class, we might not have met. Had I not so, taken the class, or yeah, had you not taken, had you taken the other one? You're. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm and I'm so thankful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The one good thing that I came out of that class. For sure. I literally remember sitting there and I had a panic attack during class because I wasn't understanding the information. And mind you, I asked so many questions during that class. I did not care who who thought what about me. I was raising my hand. Like I needed to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went to tutoring for it. 
and I still barely passed. I, honest to God, the reason I passed was because I emailed her and I was like, listen, I really need this class to graduate. And I was like, I'm willing to do anything. And she was pretty much like, listen, I've seen how hard you worked. Mm-hmm. Just come in for this one last exam. Let's work through it together. We literally worked through every exam together after every time. And then she would always bump up my grade. And that's the reason yeah. I passed. I think on the first exam, I did pretty well. I think I got like a B or an A or something. But then mm-hmm. it was the other three that were really hard for me. Uh, yeah. I I don't even like remember the specifics, but I do remember taking that final like I didn't take it with the class. I think I had like a conflict or whatever. So they allowed us to like take it in the testing mm-hmm. center. And that was, that was so stressful. That final it, exam was, yeah. ooh, it was. I retook it in this, in this, in the center. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just tough because yeah, we can't even, I can't even. <laughs> it was just tough. Yeah. But, um. okay. So our first segment, I've been doing this new thing on the podcast where we do song of the week. So this podcast is really becoming a music podcast. Like, I mean, you know, lifestyle, society, culture, but really with a big integration on music because, as you know, that's super important to me. And as I'm thinking about, like, what I want, how I want to make my life more about music, like, it just seemed like this was the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I've loved, been loving to ask people is, what is your song of the week? Like, what's the song that you just can't get out of your head? Okay, so my song of the week should probably be called my song of the month. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but it's by a UK um, neo-soul and jazz artist named Yasmin Lacey. And it's off of her debut album, and it's called Pass It Back. And it is just, for me, like, the perfect song is one that feels like a jam session Mm. and that just like it goes on forever and it's just each instrument is dialed in the vocal is there and it's just a vibe so yeah Um, i can't wait to listen to it yeah it's it's so good it like catches you right from the beginning and i mean the entire album is great but each time i've listened through um this song has always stood out to me and it's just i love that really it's just a vibe so i'm gonna have to listen to it yeah. Um, in honor of you being on the show, my song of the week is "About You" by 1975. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that album. At first, I was like, "I'm not listening to it. It's all hype. The album title is stupid." Blah blah blah. And then my friend was like, "You have to listen to it." And so I finally yeah. decided to stop being a hater. I listened to it, and I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. Yeah, I really, I mean, I love the 1975. So I was, I was on the singles. I was on that Instagram page, <laughs> like religiously throughout the last summer. And I, I do think that it definitely lived up to the hype for me. And I think it was, it was just good to hear the band in a much more, it's not even like lighter, but a much more at peace kind of no, it is. You know, it place, really is right? Lighter. It just feels a lot more peaceful. And I mean, you know, the songs are still, they're still, you know, the 1975 songs, but I just think that it was just, it was a breath of fresh air in their catalog. But About You is really, it's one of the standouts for sure. The vocals, the something about you that Mm -hmm. makes my heart surrender or whatever the lyrics are. And I just love that she did those vocals. It's, it's the, it's somebody, one of the band members' wives. 
Yes, it is. Um, oh my gosh. Who it's the drummer? It's not, um, I don't think I think it's the bassist's the bassist's wife. Yeah, but she's like too she was too shy to do it on their tour or something, and they were like begging her to do it. I know. So I they actually had one of their their other band members sing that part. So that makes sense. It's just yeah. so good though. Mm-hmm. Um, it really reminds me of like um it's very like dream poppy. It yeah. gives me like um one of my favorite bands, uh, the Cocktail Twins. It gives me that kind of vibe. So yeah. yeah. And when I immediately heard that, I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is and a good one. Yeah. And honestly, lyrically, like it gives me, it's saying what I needed to say. It's saying, mm-hmm. you know, it is <laughs> so hard not to think about you, even though that's like way in the past. I don't know what that says about me personally, but <laughs> I, you know, I think that I can use a lot of past situations in my songwriting or mm-hmm. in my art. Um, it's just your history, your personal history, your personal stories. And so that lyrically, it was just a great song. Yeah. And that's where they are as a band, right? Like they're looking back. It's their fifth album. So yeah, I think it was the perfect culmination of those things, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yes. Okay. Give me one second. I just got a text from my job. Let me pause this. Okay. And Okay, so great song, great song selections on our parts. For sure. Um, this this is my one. So whenever I was thinking about doing a podcast forever ago, like not forever, like three or four years ago, I was like, I want to do a song of the week and recommendation of the week because there's this podcast that I loved in college, and it was the Curly Girl. Hmm. No, what was it called? Was it the curly girl method? No, I'm getting the name totally wrong. Wow, I can't even remember the name of the podcast, but it was these two women from Australia, and it was such a special podcast to me. So, but they had the same thing. They had like a recommendation of the week. So, um, what do you have for any recommendations for us? It can be food, clothes, places to visit, things to do. Okay, so I have one that's probably like a mixture of like a thing to do and then also like an actual like item. Ooh. So I recently had one of the best Goodwill like vinyl thrifting experiences ever. Stop. I ended up, I was there on like a random Saturday mm-hmm. and I was just, I just looked over at the vinyl section. It's in the like the back corner of like the warehouse section mm-hmm. of my local Goodwill. And I looked and there were like records, like kind of like falling out, like there was overflowing. I was like, okay, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So I went over and there ended up being like someone's entire collection. Oh my gosh. All these amazing records from like, honestly, like from like mainly like 80s stuff. So there was like some uh, like um, Duran Duran like Christopher Cross, like kind of like those, you know, like generic 80s yeah. artists. But there was also Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Oh my God. And there were like just a lot of like other classic albums in there. Yeah. So my recommendation would be to go to your local thrift store, whatever that is, and just, you know, peruse the the thrifted vinyl section because I love it. You never know what you might find. And I ended up finding like, I think it was my best, not even just thrifting, but best vinyl like experience ever so 
I'm obsessed. I literally never just know. just got my first um, record player. <gasps> Ooh. <clears throat> so I need to go to my thrift store and get some vinyls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, most of the time you might not find anything good, but yeah. you never know if you're there at like the right time, like serendipitous, you can, you know, right end place, up right time. finding some treasure. So I really want to start going to more estate sales. Oh, I saw some videos about that recently too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Ooh, you have to keep us updated on the plot. I shall. <laughs> I will. I always feel like I want to do a thrift haul, but I'm not cool enough to do a thrift haul, I feel like. But I love thrifting. I thrift so much. Most yeah, do of my a thrift haul then. Thrifted. So many of my clothes are thrifted. Oh my gosh. Maybe That's what we need. We need that content for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Your friend Sophie told me to do one one time and I was like, or or was it you? Maybe it was both of you. Hmm. But I was just like, oh my God, that's I love that they think I'm cool enough to do one. Oh my gosh, you totally are though. That's the <laughs> thing. And if you're passionate about what you find, then it's that's what true. matters that to it's us. True. That's what we want to see. It's true. I just don't have that. Like, I feel like your friend Sophie has like the perfect vibe for it. You know, like she just has that cool girl, like oh my energy gosh. <laughs> with the, the, the thrifting energy. Like, ah. Uh, just so very cool. true, very true. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into all of it. Let's um the new format. I keep saying this, just I want to keep reiterating this for the, ne- the next couple episodes too. But the new format of the podcast is that we're doing the song of the week, recommendation of the week, and then we're doing an all of it deep dive into a song either chosen by myself or chosen by the guest. And we're just going to look at the lyrics and then just talk about all of it, how it relates to our lives, how it relates to music, um, all the things. And since Tyler is a recording artist, (laughs) I asked him if we could do his new song. It's actually coming out this Friday and this um, episode is going to come out this Thursday. So I felt like we should talk about his new song and get like a the first sneak peek um about what the song's about and just how it relates to your life maybe my life and other people's lives and yeah yeah so we'll just start with the title mm-hmm. um and maybe the the concept of the song yeah so um this song is titled Kintsugi and essentially um it's a Japanese word that roughly translates to um, golden joinery. So essentially, it's it's a Japanese art of repairing broken pottery um, by mending areas of the breakage or bringing the pieces back together with some sort of like metallic um, lacquer, right? So mm-hmm. you've probably seen some images online where it's like a bowl that's been broken and put back together with like the gold filament. And it's, yeah, so that's kind of the inspiration behind the title. But for me, um, it really was acting as a metaphor for um, what I wanted to talk about within the song. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I feel like leave it to the Japanese to come up with like another cool thing. Like they're yeah, just for so sure. cool. Mm-hmm. Just everything in Japanese culture, I always find so fascinating. Yeah, and it also stems from the ideas of like wabi sabi and other um, Japanese philosophies. So it's kind of all, um, kind of all in there. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's dive into the lyrics. Let's do it. So first verse is, I stopped counting the days last Sunday. You don't need the weeks 
when the month's already changing. Uh, look, little, I'm telling you. Okay, first <laughs> of all, the song itself sounds amazing. Like, just such a what, what? What genre is that? Like, what would you? How would you describe it? Yeah. So, um, kind of my intention with it was to take some of my favorite classic genres, um, specifically bossa nova and jazz, mm -hmm. and kind of bring it into a modern space. So, kind of combining my my ideas and thinking about kintsugi and the message, and mixing that with these, you know, like older genres to kind of create something new, right? Pulling from mm -hmm. different, um, you know, like philosophies, mindsets, sounds, and kind of just, it's really a combination for me. So yeah. yeah and the gold filament is Tyler David and Bryce Rivera as producer, honestly. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. So good how yeah. you guys pull together these genres. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about these lyrics. Yeah, let's do it. I stopped counting the days last Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So good. So good. <laughs> I just talk to me about just those two first lines. Yeah. So essentially my, my thought process was uh, kind of going into the song. It's talking about change. And for me specifically, it, it's dealing with themes of loss and grief mm -hmm. and confusion within that. So for me, part of my journey with that was recognizing that there is you know a point when you're going through something when you're going through a struggle mm -hmm. where it starts to feel kind of monotonous or never ending in a sense yeah. so for me those first lines and the lines that follow are really talking about that point where you're just like you know uh, i you know i just stopped counting because everything's changing so quickly like i can't even keep track of it yeah and it's also kind of all blending together so I really wanted to do like a play on the words, you know, have, you know, day, week and month kind of all in there to show like that yeah. time change really quickly. Um, yeah. And, when it goes into yeah. you don't need the weeks when the month's already changing. Mm -hmm. It's like it really gives you like packs that punch within the first verse where you're just like, um, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, I I'm writing down April 24th, but it already feels like May and you start writing down like may 3rd and it feels like it's june like you know it's just like it goes by so quickly and and you don't even right. realize like excuse me you don't even realize like how quickly time um passes by exactly yeah. so then you have this really nice pre-chorus and it's if i stop to think about all the things that come and go or how a moment leads some kind of reckoning that's far beyond that <sighs> that third line or how a moment leads it just is so it's just so nice i love the imagery for me it invokes this image of like you can totally go into this place or event or space where like it um it's you know you think it's going to be one thing right and then in the moment something occurs and then it changes and you just kind of have, you just have to be in the moment. Like that's what I think about. It's like, you just kind of are going to have to take what comes and you know, it's hard. I think too, like when you can go back to that first line and that pre-course, like if I stop to think about all the things that come and go, I don't know. It just is so profound where it's like, I don't want to go too deep. I don't want to like overthink all of the things um, or think even too harsh because I might have too many emotions about it. Um, right, right. 
but sometimes you just have to give into the moment I feel like and like let it allow like allow it to 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 just lead am I right in Mm -hmm. saying like that's what you're trying to say no for sure yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and um kind of just going off of that the the idea of there being a moment that you don't realize that that's going to lead to change you know Mm -hmm. further in the future right you only really can recognize that when when it's happened when you're past it right so for me that's another moment of reflection another moment of looking at oh you know i didn't realize that there was going to be all this change just based off of that moment so yeah yeah and then then the the beginning of that um pre-course too just kind of reflecting on those concepts too about change and you know how how that affects us so yeah um okay can you read the lyrics of the chorus for us and then just kind of chat about it sure yeah all right so it's so hold me close and tell me that you'll never leave what you know is more than i can bear to think but it's on my mind on my mind mind so the first line there um is actually the first lyrics that i wrote for the song and really that's what spurred all of the ideas for it. So it's the first lyric I wrote and really that was like my moment of like denial, not wanting to accept things. Mm -hmm. So that's where the song started. And then from there, um, just being able to finish the chorus, right, was kind of that recognition of the fact that even if you don't want things to change, they're going to. Yeah. It's always going to be on your mind. It's always going to be there. So part of it was that catharsis of getting to that place where it's like, it is okay that change is happening because it's inevitable, because it's going, it's just going to happen. And I think just by kind of embracing these concepts and ideas and throughout the writing process, I was able to come to a place of accepting that and ultimately of accepting that change. So. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the most beautiful things about songwriting. I think like for me, it really helps me to process things. So it's cool to hear you say like it helps. It really helped you process. And I think it's like so special that you felt like you wanted to share this with the world because I think sometimes it can feel like, oh, like who cares? But it's such a gift. I think every time I hear a song that is truly like heartfelt, um, it just like puts me in this like place of awe because it's like wow you didn't have to share this with us because I can tell like this is a song where you processed mm-hmm. um even though when you listen to the song you're just kind of like oh it's a fun like let's dance party song right <laughs> it, it gives me as it was my Harry Styles <laughs> you know like it's like Harry Styles <laughs> like yeah the lyrics are so deep there but it's just such a fun track um which I think can to me, what I'm hearing this song specifically and songs like that in, in general, but it gives me this like back and forth. It's the back and forth of I want it to be easy breezy. I want it to be bossa nova jazz right, club. Right. Um, and, you know, ja- jazz clubs back in the 20s were places that you weren't even allowed sometimes to go to. Right. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I think it to me, it gives me that idea of like, you know, like it's almost like. I don't know. Like, I don't want to process it. I don't want to, I don't want to go to this mm-hmm. headspace, but like, I'm trying my best here and I'm going to keep trying to process it, even though like, I just want to, 
I mean, for me, my personality is like, I just like kind of want to have fun and like forget about everything. Right. Um. So I can really, to me, I really feel like it goes with like how I think about life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. And joke. I think, yeah, that's just my favorite thing too. And it's yeah. been something that's been powerful just for me. And to feel that catharsis is to, to write a song and then envision it in like a different emotional space, whether that's in the like instrumentation, the melody, the lyric, kind of having that juxtaposition Mm -hmm. can really, it can be enlightening, right? And it can further reflect the themes that you wanted to articulate. So just like you said, though, in this instance, like jazz is, and like those genres are, it's very warm and bright. And even if you look at kind of like the, um, like the mindset of wabi-sabi and some of these Japanese concepts, it's mm-hmm. warm, right? It's simple and warm. Mm-hmm. So I think embracing that really helped me process and take some of these concepts that are were tougher and themes um, yeah. that were tougher to process and putting them next to this warmth and this lightness was really yeah. impactful in my healing. So yeah, I love it. Um, okay. So Second verse, I look for something at the borders of our nothing. When things are broken, will you stop to do the mending? Um, At the borders of our nothing? Let's talk about it. It's such a good line. <laughs> the whole song, I'm like, oh my God, this is a great line. This is a great line. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that one is actually um, kind of in doing research on Wabi Sabi. There's the mm-hmm. idea... Um, when you break it down into like almost like a metaphysical sense, they it talks a lot about like finding the little details in like the the spaces between like when things are created and when things are not destroyed in a sense, but it's like when things begin and end, right? Yeah. There's like all these like little like changes and little things that you can look for in life that are right between that, right? It's right after something's created and right before something's ending. There's all these little moments. Yeah. And um I I had read something about like the like borders and nothing. And I was like, I just, I feel like there's, there's something there. Right. And I just felt like it perfectly captured. No, it um, does. That concept. So it totally does. And then our last little piece, um, because the rest of the song is, you know, the pre-chorus and the chorus, but um, it's this pre-chorus where it's the, it's the same two lines as the other pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. But then it, I love how it changes. Like, and so it's, and if I stop to think about all the things that come and go, or how I have to choose the memory over you, I'm at a loss. And mm-hmm. maybe I know we only have a couple minutes left, but to, oh, that line, the memory over you, am I reading that right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. or how I have to choose the memory over you. Like, mm-hmm. that is so powerful. It's those moments in songwriting that it it took writing this, like the rest of the song, right? It took mm-hmm. being in that space to get to that truth, yeah. right? And I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is the idea that if you're willing to go there, if you're willing to, to meet your ideas, your creative, like the creative space where it's at, you'll mm-hmm. eventually come to these points where you're able to reveal these truths that you might not even have realized that you were thinking about or you know that you were you weren't ready to say before but yeah. now that you have all this processing and experience um you're able to to kind of articulate it and so that's that's really what that is and that's um those are moments in songwriting that i really cherish and hold close 
Um, yeah. So that's just one of those where I I was just working on the verse and I just ended up kind of saying it and then I just wrote it down quick and yeah. sat with it. And yeah, so. Uh, well, it's a it's an amazing song and I feel like it leaves it leaves a lot to process about grief. And I feel like it's one of those songs you can apply to so many different situations in life. Right. And um, that's something, yeah, too, that yeah. I just, I like to reiterate within my songwriting is the fact that no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, romantic, uh, romantic relationships, friendships, um, family, there's all these themes, you know, about loss and change that we can, you know, all relate to regardless yeah. of where we're at in life. And so that's kind of, what I wanted to articulate and just remind people that, you know, we ultimately like our truth and what we're dealing with is revealed through those imperfect, impermanent moments in our life. So Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with um, me and with the All of It podcast today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and for allowing me the space to share this song and yeah. um, for allowing me to spend the time with you. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. <laughs>